This is Michelle. And I am Maddie. And this is Unsolved South, where we talk about mysteries, strange disappearances, and unsolved cases from the southern USA. Okay, I got a good one for you today. You um, ready? I'm excited. All Let's right. do it. It's a good one. It's, well, it's a terrible one. <laughs> Probably good is not the right but it's an interesting story, but it's a terrible story. So, good was probably not the right choice of words. Yeah. Okay. We'll work on that, I guess. because <laughs> yeah, I probably wasn't right. <laughs> okay, so, this one might would normally require a trigger warning, but um, I feel like just the nature of the fact that people are missing or these are unsolved cases probably kind of gives you a clue that some, some shit might have gone down. So... Right, so I'm not so, gonna do that, but I'm just saying, you know, if you're disturbed by stuff, probably we're not the right ones to listen to because we're disturbing. Yeah. So, so this is your official trigger warning for all future episodes. Something might happen. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, today's story is about siblings, Michael Anthony and Monica Bennett. They went missing from Brunswick, Georgia on June 21st, 1989. So, quite a while back. Again, I want to give a description because I like you to be able to picture who we're talking about. Michael Anthony Bennett is a black male. He was born May 14th, 1975. At the time of his disappearance, he was 14 years old. He was 5'7 and 125 pounds, so, you know, average, maybe a little slim. Um, Had black hair, brown eyes, a good-looking young kid. Monica Bennett, Michael's sister, is a black female. She was born October 27th, 1973. So, at the time of her disappearance, she was 15 years old. She's 5'5, 130 pounds, so, you know, kind of a a smaller-side girl. Um, black hair, brown eyes, real pretty girl. Um, when you go back and look at her pictures and everything, the, these are just average, nice-looking kids. So this is who you need to be picturing. For the backstory, Michael and Monica shared the same mother, Deborah George. They were living with her and Michael's biological dad, Robert, and then a few younger siblings. Monica started to accuse Robert of sexually assaulting her, but nobody believed her. And Michael in particular, even though he was really close to his sister, he was closer to his father. And and he loved his sister, but he just couldn't bring himself to actually believe that Robert would do this. And so really nobody believed her. In the spring of 1989, Michael walked into the apartment and he caught his father in the process of raping his sister. Oh my goodness. So, he was shook. You know, um, not only did he witness this, but, you know, he thought he knew his father and, and he was shook. So, Michael and Monica had an older sister, Sheila. She went to the same high school as them, but she was out of the house. She actually was already married and at the time was pregnant, but she did attend the same high school as them. And um, 
I guess they probably felt like she was an adult in their life. Right. Know, because she was married and pregnant, even though she was still in high school. And they went to her because they felt like she'd know how to handle the situation. And, and they were right. Sheila knew she took them to the school counselor and had them explain the story. And the school counselor contacted the police. So after the police get involved, Michael decides he doesn't want to be there anymore either. And so he leaves. He moves in with his father's first wife. Okay. Now, his father, Robert, was married to this wife when he cheated with Deborah and got pregnant with Michael. Gotcha. So he moves in with that wife that, that Robert was with when he was conceived. And by all accounts, she is a terrific woman. She treats him like one of her own kids. She does not hold that against him at all. And he is in a very, very good situation. He's very happy living with her and his younger siblings. Monica, though, she's not that lucky. She has to move in with her biological father. And literally the only thing I could find out about him was that it was a bad situation. Oh. That he was not a good guy. I could not even find his name, but I could not find anything good about him. So she was in a terrible situation, but she didn't have any options. Did the mother stay with the father that raped her? Yes. She stayed with him? Oh, that is yes. awful. She did not believe Monica still. Still after proof? She thought that Monica was making it up just to get out of the house. But Monica wasn't getting into a better situation. Right. Really out of the house. So, but the thing is that in the research, it actually came out that Deborah, the mother, mm -hmm. had actually caught Robert sexually abusing her own 13-year-old sister years before. What? Also, Sheila had accused Robert of sexually assaulting her <gasps> before she left home. So and the mother knew that this guy was just a crappy person. According to Sheila, Deborah had told the younger girls to just stay away from him when Sheila had come forward and said that right. he was actually sexually assaulting her. her. The mother's response was to tell the younger kids to stay away from him. So, Sheila, the sister, mm -hmm. um, she couldn't take in Monica? Um, for whatever reason, and I don't know the reason, she wasn't able to. Maybe because she was still in high school? Right. And, I mean, you know, she's a high school student. She's pregnant. She's married. You know, that's not exactly the average life. So... Who knows what their situation was. Right. Um, they could have been living with his parents. Um, so, for whatever reason, I feel like if she could have taken her in, she would have. Um, right. Just because she was so there for him when they came and told her. She knew exactly what to do and all. But I feel like if she could have helped, she would have. Right. But maybe she just wasn't in a position for whatever reason to Makes be able sense. to help. Anyway, during the investigation, when the police are asking questions, 
one of Monica's other sisters comes forward and says that Robert will sneak into her bedroom at night. But I wasn't really able to find details on what prevented him from actually assaulting her. But it, it doesn't seem like he actually did assault her, just would sneak into her bedroom and watch her at night. Really? Yeah. So, at very least, it establishes a pattern to his behavior. So, right. And it kind of establishes a pattern of Deborah's behavior in ignoring what this man is doing. So, Deborah continues to defend Robert. And so, finally, Michael has enough. And he tells her that he witnessed it, that he knows Monica is telling the truth, and that she needs to wake up. And at this point, she does separate from Robert. Hmm. So, and this is just weeks before Monica and Michael disappeared. This is where things get a little off. So, I'm going to tell you what Robert says happened. And then I'm going to counter with what witnesses say happened. Okay. Because there, there are very distinct stories here. And, and Robert has a side and then other witnesses have a side. So, um, you know, you can decide what you want, but... That's how I'm going to tell it so you can kind of keep it together. Right. Okay, so um, I just think it will be easier to keep straight that way. So, Robert gets himself an apartment at the Heritage Apartments on Ultima Avenue. And this is in Brunswick, Brunswick Georgia. Yes. Okay. This apartment complex is the last place that Michael and Monica are reported to having been seen. He had just got this apartment, and Robert decides that he wants to move back to his home state of Alabama. Why was Michael and Monica at this apartment? I'm going to get to it. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, listen, you just got this apartment. Right. And then you're like, meh, let me move back. And this all happened in weeks. This is weeks. This weeks. Is, this is weeks yeah, not from, like it's months or years. This yes, is no, weeks. this is like a week after he splits up with Monica. He gets this apartment and then is like, yeah, I've decided I'm going to move back to Alabama, which is strange. So, to me, it's strange. Well, yeah, and you have to break your lease and all that. Yeah, so. Okay, so, according to Robert, he wanted Michael and Monica to help him pack up his apartment. But according to the younger siblings, there was nothing in the apartment to pack because he had just moved in. Yeah. There were a couple mattresses with the bedding on them and a few miscellaneous items here and there, but nothing he would have needed help with. Right. Okay. Not from little kids. Well, from I mean, like teenagers. A 14-year-old yeah. boy, you know, 15-year-old girl. So. Still. I mean, you know, they can move. Y'all know. Y'all help move at that age, so. Yeah, but I don't know. These are little kids. They're, like, slim and, I don't know. They're I don't like imagine average. them as the boys being like able to size. do furniture. But there is no furniture, according to the younger siblings. There is no furniture. There's literally mattresses on the floor with the bedding on it. And then just a few things scattered about the apartment, a few personal items. Because remember, he had just moved out right. from being with with Deborah. Right. 
got this apartment and then almost immediately decided he's moving back to Alabama. So, you know, it's not like he really went furniture shopping and all of this. He, he didn't have all of this. Gotcha. Okay. So, Robert went to his first wife's house to pick up Michael and Michael is adamant. He does not want to go with Robert. Witnesses even reported that Michael was so upset he was actually crying in the car with his father when they left. The two of them went and picked up Monica from her bio dad's house. And then the three of them went to the apartment alone. When they get to the apartment complex, Deborah's sister happens to live across the courtyard from Robert's apartment. And she was surprised when Michael and Monica showed up at her door that night. So she invites them in, she feeds them, she visits with them. And then she says she walked them out about 8.30 that night. When she goes out with them, she sees Robert. And Robert asks her if she will call Deborah for him so he can ask her about them getting back together. What? Yes. Deborah's sister uses the payphone outside in the courtyard to call Deborah so Robert can talk to her. So while Robert's talking to Deborah, the aunt's standing there listening, and she's watching, and Michael and Monica are wandering around, and they wander up over a hill and out of sight. The aunt sees this. Mm -hmm. Okay. So she is actually the last person other than Robert to have reported seeing them. Right. Okay. So Robert then leaves. And he goes and picks up the younger siblings and brings them back to his apartment. Wait. So he leaves without the kids? Yes. Does he even wonder where they are? Ask anybody? He doesn't ask the aunt, oh, not did, a, did see, um, where'd the they aunt, go? The aunt did not say, hey. Uh, but, I mean, he's got some stories, so we'll kind of cover that because he's got some stories. So, anyway, they the younger siblings say that when they came back, that Robert did drive slowly through the complex, and he seemed to be looking around a lot. But he never called out for Michael or Monica, and he never stopped and asked anybody if they had seen him. But he did drive through the complex, kind of sketchy looking around. Okay, so the younger siblings also reported that they noticed the bedding was missing from one of the mattresses. And that there were two trash bags by the front door. These nosy little siblings question their father, and they're like, you know, what's up with this? And he says, well, those bags belong to Michael and Monica. They had gotten mad and ran out of the apartment earlier, and so he had put all their stuff in the trash bags. Huh. So, my question here is, what stuff? 
Yeah, because they don't live there. And, I mean, I doubt they were willingly... Michael certainly wasn't willingly going. I highly doubt Monica was. So, yeah, and it's not like they brought stuff to stay the night. Right. So, I'm not sure what items were in the trash bags, but this is what their younger sibling said. And, you know, like I said, that he told them Micah... Michael and Monica had gotten mad and had just left, run out of the apartment. Mm, okay. Earlier. Okay. This, it's one of a few different stories that Robert tells. At one point, he even told people that he had actually dropped them both off at Deborah's house. But she says she had not seen anybody that night. Right. So... He he has some different stories, like I said. His story keeps changing. Yeah. Well, he seems to be telling different stories to different people. Gotcha. The most interesting story to me was that he told the police that he had left and gone to run some errands. And when he had come back, the teens were just gone. And so he placed a phone call to Deborah that night. To let her know that they were missing. But the aunt listened to the phone call. She actually placed the phone call and they were not missing. Right. And the aunt knows that the phone call was for him to ask Deborah to take him back. Right. But that's not what he tells the police. He tells the police that the phone call he made to Deborah that night was to let her know that the kids were missing. But he didn't call the police immediately. Yeah, he just calls Deborah. Right. Right. According to some of the other siblings, Robert's car went missing within days of Michael and Monica going missing. And they would question him about where his car was and could not get an answer. Said they never got a straight answer as to where the car actually went. And then within weeks of Michael and Monica disappearing... Deborah and Robert got back together. What? And moved by bus to Alabama <gasps> with what? the younger kids. What? While they were still classified as missing. That's another story. But this is within weeks of them disappearing. Oh. So your kids my are disappearing. God. Disappeared and then a couple weeks later you just up and move. What if they did run away and they come back? Yeah. What if they come back to get to see you and you're just gone? Okay, so you have theories on what had happened last? Uh, <laughs> I got a lot of theories. Okay, so first, what the aunt is saying is true. Why and would she lie? True. She could be in on it. She could be. But if what she's saying is true... He had to create an alibi to say, oh, he's not involved, you know? So, he had somebody else go and kidnap the kids. Because she saw them walk over the hill. Mm-hmm. So, he had somebody waiting on the other side of that hill. How would he them. know that they were going to walk over that hill? Well, maybe he had somebody in the apartment complex that was watching for them. And was going to grab them when he left to go get the other kids. That's why he was coming in real slow. Is because he was looking around to see if the guy had finished the job yet. 
Um, and I think they got sold to a sex ring. A child sex ring, you know? That That is a theory. It's my theory. One of the... <laughs> Do you have other theories? Um, that I feel like are viable. Um, theory one is that Michael and Monica just walked over that hill at the apartment complex and started brand new lives. Mm, that would be Monica the best theory. did have a boyfriend at the time. However, he didn't go missing, so. And, and Michael, he had a good thing going with the first wife. Yeah. You know, everybody says he was happy there with her and the, and the other kids. She was a mom to him. You know, I guess to support his sister, he could have run away with her. Because Monica was in a bad situation. Right. So, you know, her situation wasn't looking like it was going to improve. And Robert was talking to Deborah on the phone about getting back together with her. From Monica's point of view, it could be that, you know, she was hoping that Deborah would would really leave this guy and she would be able to go back and live with Deborah maybe. Right. And now it looks like Deborah may be taking this guy back and so her only situation is with the bio dad who is not a good situation or with this guy that's been raping her. Right, but you got to think in the mind of a kid, I feel like Michael would have been like, hey, just come to my the first wife's house and stay there with me, you know, instead Maybe. of running away and starting new. And I don't know why that wasn't an option. I don't know if it's because um, the police were involved and they were removed. I think so it had, had to, to be placed. Yeah. Um, Maybe that was it. And remember, Michael, he could have been placed with the first wife because she had siblings of his at the house that were biologically his. Right. And um, Monica would not have had biological siblings at that house other than Michael. Right. That may have been something along the lines of why maybe she was actually just placed with the biological father. And remember, this is in the 80s, and things were a little different than mm -hmm. they are now. Um, now there's a ton of investigations and stuff, but back then I, I think they were a little more like, you know, hey, you're a parent to this kid, take them, you know? So, right. I don't know. Anyway, another theory is that Michael and Monica both met with foul play, but by a stranger that's completely unrelated to anything we've heard. Man, that would be just their luck, huh? Yeah, I mean, things were not going terrific for these kids, no. so... They could have wandered over that hill and met a crazy psycho killer and and something bad happened. Yeah, I don't really like that theory. The third theory, in my point of view, is Robert killed him to end, end the investigation and get his wife back. Yeah. And, I mean, ultimately, that is what happened. Yeah, it worked for him. So, the police aren't investigating him any further okay so um this is one little final bit of information that it, it shouldn't go unnoted michael and monica were listed as runaways as runaways until 2004 
Hmm. So for 15 years, their disappearance wasn't even investigated. <laughs> oh, wow. So they're 30 now. In 2004. In 2004, they're 30 before they're ever investigated. Yes. And by then, who knows what evidence went missing. Yeah. They were just runaways. And I think it's interesting that this man is under investigation by the police, but and his story keeps changing, but the police never go, hey, this dude's story... This dude's it's sketch, really, this guy's not good. Yeah, and Let's his look story further. is not making sense. You know, I mean, we have witnesses that can say, oh, no, he told this story and that's not true. He told this story and it's not true. He told this story and it's not true. The only story that he told that really nobody can say isn't true is that they got mad and ran out of the apartment. Right. Because they could have come back after the aunt went back inside and they could have had a fight with him and they could have run out of the apartment. Yeah. Nobody knows. But the other stories he told, there were witnesses that could say, well, that's not true. Right. So, I mean, I think it's interesting that even though he was already under investigation for something else... And then the witnesses, the key witnesses in this case against him both disappear. And he doesn't have a solid story on it. Yeah. I think it's interesting that the police just said, nah, they sound like runaways. Yeah, that's... These kids were failed so much. They really were. They were failed so much. I mean, they they really, really were. And, you know... um. Deborah's mother said that that Robert was abusive and to Deborah and that um, he was manipulative and you know she never really liked him but she said that even after this that Deborah would continue to leave the younger kids in his care when she would go to work or the grocery store or anywhere. So the grandmother essentially is still in the picture. She was at this point enough to talk bad about Robert, but but I don't see how the police allowed the other children to stay with them. You know what I mean? I do. I, I understand. I kn- I know this is the 80s. I know that, but I feel like I don't know, was it different where they don't take every kid out of that situation, just the ones that are involved? I mean, it must have been. But even the youngest sister, didn't you say the younger sister, one of the younger sisters? One of the younger siblings. Said that he was going to her room. And would watch her sleep, but he apparently did not touch her. He just watched her sleep, which is creepy. That's creepy in itself, but... Especially when you know what he's capable of. Yeah, I feel like she should have been removed too. I feel like now they would have come through taking every, every kid, kid 
and that would have been just the way it happened. And I don't know if it was on a case-by-case -case basis then, if they were more of innocent until proven guilty back then. Yeah. I did not have, I didn't have any dealings with, with CPS back then, so... I honestly don't know, but, I mean, I do know that the other kids remained in the house. So, they didn't just take them out. But also, I mean, like I said, these are the same police that are investigating this man for this assault. And then the two key witnesses up and disappear. And they don't go, hey, who has benefit if they go missing? Right. Yeah. They don't do that. They say, meh. These kids probably just ran away, which they were, I mean, well, Michael wasn't in a bad situation right then, but, you know, their life was pretty tough, and, and it is a possibility that they were like, this isn't working for me, and they just ran away, but I feel like that's too good to be true, and where did Robert's car go? Yeah. You're going to move all these kids and your wife by bus and you to another state? Did he ever report his car's missing? No, he just Not was like, ah, my car's gone. And and this came from younger siblings that are other siblings, not necessarily the younger ones. My guess would be probably um, one of the older ones because they said they questioned him. And whenever they would ask him, what happened to your car? Where is your car? he just would change the subject or he would tell different stories, but he never said definitively what happened to the car. Mm. And, and honestly, he could have said, oh, I sold it so we would have money to move to Alabama. Yeah, he could have made up a reasonable you know, story, but you know, crazy stolen. people don't make up good stories, you know. So, and, and he's not apparently known for his... <laughs> His story-making-up abilities. Right. Because, you know, he's not that good at it because all of his stories were a little sketch. Yeah. So, you know, I feel like you could have said, my car got stolen, I sold it to get money to do this. I mean, it's in the shop. There's so many stories you could have said. Right, and he didn't tell any of them. He just would evade mm -hmm. the question. or, I mean, there were, you know... I don't know. I, I don't understand how the police didn't immediately say, this is weird. Yeah, these kids were failed so hard. So hard. By everybody involved. Everybody involved. Well, not Sheila. Sheila, Sheila Okay, help. Sheila did try to help, yes. But everybody else. And the school counselor did contact the police, which she they should have. Yes. And the first wife seemed to be doing pretty good. It's a sad story. Like I said, it, it's a rough story. Yeah. But but it's a story that needs to be told because it's a story that I, being a true crime fan and not living that far from Brunswick, I've been through there a ton of times. Yes. And I had never heard this story. Never. And, and Michael, you know, was close to my age. You know, I don't. And I, it was a long time ago, and maybe I don't remember seeing it, but it's just not a story I'm hearing right. reported on. And and these kids deserve 
somebody to look at it and at least hear the story. Right. Even if, even if nothing ever comes of it, at least somebody knows the story. And, you know, hopefully that's enough. But I'd hate to think they were just forgotten. Right. If anybody has any information on the disappearance of Michael or Monica Bennett, please contact Kingsland GBI at 912-729-6198 or the Glynn County Police Department at 912-554-7800. If you'd like to know more about the case we discussed, or to see our sources, please visit our website at unsolvedsouthpodca.wixsite.com. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at unsolved underscore south and to join our Facebook discussion group where we invite you to share your thoughts, your theories, and to ask questions. If you have any story suggestions, please email us at unsolvedsouthpodcast at gmail.com. We will see you back here next week for another episode. I'm so excited. <laughs>